Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's me again, uh, Deep Focus, episode number three. Uh, I'm your host, Rodrigo Perez, also the editor-in-chief of theplaylist.net. Um, Deep Focus, yeah, it's an interview podcast show that I've just sort of uh, whipped up together. Uh, episode three is with Catherine Hahn. Uh, she is the actor in some terrific uh work these days whether it's in tv and films comedian but like with a lot of heart and soul and dimension um uh, hopefully you turned in tuned into some of the past uh, the last two episodes the first two episodes of deep focus number one was with uh josh trank uh, uh um his new film uh, capone uh episode two was uh rebecca hall for um amazon primes uh, i know this much is true and uh, this third episode is with Catherine Hahn, which she just finished uh, a stint, a supporting role on Derek C. and Friends' excellent uh, HBO show, I Know This Much is True, starring Mark Ruffalo. Uh, she plays uh, Mark Ruffalo's estranged uh, wife. That show was awesome. I really, really loved it. I think it's one of the best of the year so far. Um, she's also on the animated show Central Park, uh, which is on Apple TV Plus, and it's made from the makers of uh, Bob's Burgers. It's very funny and cute. It's a, it's a whimsical little show. Some people might know her from the Bad Moms uh, franchise uh, next to Kristen Bell and, and some other talented ladies. She's sort of the standout wacky uh, comedian in that. Um, we started this conversation about a lot of that, uh, sort of the way she was sort of seen as a, as a wacky comedian, um, who fell in with, uh, the Adam McKay crowd. She was in, she had a really great breakout turn in Step Brothers, which I think a lot of people, uh, first saw her in or, or noticed her in, but she was also in like Anchorman and, and a lot of things back then, some David Wayne things too. Um, so she sort of like, but I think Anchorman and, and Adam McKay sort of like launched her a little bit then she got into she was doing more adam mckay films i think she uh again stepbrothers and and um wanderlust with uh, in david wayne's thing and then 2013 is a big turning point for her because she gets because she gets her first um her lead role in uh afternoon delight uh, a little uh dramedy comedic indie that was directed by Jill Soloway and made its premiere at Sundance didn't make a huge splash but you know it was a big turning point for her and Jill Soloway because that led to um Jill Soloway's Transparent which you know obviously um really changed the game in television for a minute there in terms of the way that it, it sort of put Amazon Prime on the map with their TV programming uh, it was one of the very first uh, Amazon shows to to get some real critical critical acclaim and and break through on with the um uh the Emmys and um 
uh, uh, Han has a, had a, had a great supporting role in that show that it ended last year with a, in a musical finale. Um, and, but you know, that there was sort of that career has been that taken through, there's a whole kind of through line there, you know, it starts with afternoon delight or first lead role, you know, again, not, it does not a super breakthrough film in terms of, uh, I mean, it's super underrated. It's really funny. It's really great, but it didn't really quite get the notice that it should have. But it, it sort of, you know, jump started both their careers in a different way. That led to um, Amazon Prime's "I Love Dick," which we talk about a lot because I, that show only lasted one season and was canceled. But it's also by Jill Soloway and 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 Catherine Hahn stars in it, and she's terrific. She's kind of in the way becoming kind of like. I don't even want to reduce it to that because she's her own thing. She's amazing, but she's sort of like the new Catherine Keener in a sort of way. Um, she's become a muse for Jill Soloway and a lot of female filmmakers. Um, a lot of like female characters in their, you know, thirties or forties she plays with that are sort of like lost or in a, in a sense of struggling with their identity of who they want to be. A lot of these characters are, you know, moms or wives or things like that but they don't want to be defined by just that. And there's a whole kind of, there's a really interesting jumping point to being more than that. You know, some of her characters might've been in the past where were would have been these just sort of supporting um, roles that you'd seen and they're cute and they're funny, but they don't really get leads, but she's sort of carved out her niche where she's done that. Um, and, and she's starred in so many great things. I love Dick is really, really incredible. I can't recommend that enough. You know, that led to so many other things. She was in, uh, Tamara Jenkins private life, which is phenomenal. Um, obviously the transparency show went on for like f- almost f- four seasons. And then without finale, um, she's just done some really, really incredible work. She's, she's really, really funny. Um, but she's also, she's more than just that because obviously she's lead now in these, in these dramedies that led to, uh, Mrs. Fletcher, which is, um, uh, an HBO show that premiered last fall that, um, Nicole Holliff center, uh, directed the pilot of, so she's become, you know, Tamara Jenkins, Nicole Holliff center, Jill Soloway, a lot of these really smart, sharp, funny, uh, you know, well-observed filmmakers are really using her as a kind of muse and, and, and she's just having a total moment. We talked a lot about that, all the co- comedy stuff, how it led up to, um, uh, this, this sort of, uh, fruitful period with, with Joe Soloway that, that it turned her into a lead. Um, and, and then just through all kinds of stuff, her taste, you know, she's a big fan of David Lynch, which we sort of, uh, uh, really jived on and, um, yeah, she's just she's just really great. She wrote a children's book. We talked a little bit even about near the end about Marvel's WandaVision. She's got a supporting role in that. She couldn't really say too much, but it sounds like that's something uh, new for her and it's pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, uh, so here's my chat coming up in a second with, uh, with Catherine Hahn. I do want to say that this episode uh, is brought to you by Nat Geo um, and the show Cosmos, the most beloved science series in hit television history, returning, return the spring with Cosmo possible worlds on national geographic. The Emmy and Peabody award winning series is again, hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson, who continues Carl Sagan's legacy of taking viewers on thought provoking adventures to celebrate the possibility of humanity in our universe through stunning visual effect, groundbreaking animation and eye popping visuals. The series shows audiences, a vision of the future that still awaits us. Cosmos 
possible worlds is for your consideration for outstanding documentary or nonfiction series and all other eligible categories. For more information, visit natgeotv.com slash FYC, uh, aka for your consideration. Just uh, to reiterate, Deep Focus is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, excuse me, which includes The Fourth Wall, The Discourse, Be Real, and a few others. It can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. So, you know, you can listen on on whatever place that you listen to podcasts. You can hear it on our webpage, uh, you know, our, 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 our website. We, we do little blog posts that sort of encapsulate these podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, drop us a comment, all that good stuff. Give us a rating. We really appreciate it. It keeps us going. And yes, so deep focus number three, Catherine Hahn, um, talking her entire career, but also I know this much is true. Central Park, Mrs. Fletcher, WandaVision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Um, um, and I hope you dig this conversation. Thanks. What are you doing? What are you watching? Uh, what's good to distract yourself these days? Because uh, I feel like that's a, a good starting point. And it's always, also, I think a lot of people are looking for escapism right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like in this, um, I mean, it's hard to, I'm kind of trying to just be present in this, particular moment and so i you know we watched 13 uh ava duvernay's amazing oh yeah 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 that's really uh, documentary which i had not seen in a while and so we watched it again as a family which was pretty um important viewing right now um uh so that has been on our mind this week of course and um it's such important viewing i think and um I mean, God, I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to think of anything that has been an escape right now. I'm well, just trying to like be in the in the in the moment of what's happening. Sure. Um, I mean, if I would ask you this like a week or two ago, when you probably would have had an escape watch, right? Like, right. Like, we. I mean, I guess like what has been really fun. We've been like watching. I mean, I have two kids. We we watched the show called One Strange Rock. Which I don't right. know if that has been familiar to you, but that is like a. It, I think it's on Netflix. It was produced by Darren Aronofsky. It's Will Smith is narrating it. And it's a pretty incredible, I had never heard of it before, but we were like kind of just at the bottom of the barrel in terms of like nature documentaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's this amazing series. It's like about the, like, I guess the origin of earth told from the perspective of eight astronauts. Oh, and wow. it's so incredible, just incredibly produced and really moving. And so that we kind of burned through. Um, um, so that's been pretty amazing. And there's like a lot of old movies, a lot of old, old horror movies. I've, I have a 13 and a half year old. So that was kind of oh, the cool. age that I started getting really into horror. And so we've been watching a lot of old horror together, which has been really fun. Classics. I, I, I was, that's great. I was going to say like, you know, if you're showing your kids the 13th, they got to be a, of a certain age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, what horror have you been watching and, and, and what's your, what's your taste like in general? I think I, I think I read somewhere that, that you're a big fan of David Lynch and, and, uh, uh, mm. uh I love David Lynch. <laughs> oh, that, that, he, he was an enormous part of my like formative movie, movie, um, fandom. I think when I was like in, in high school was like going to the, art house and seeing david lynch movies um but that's kind of cracked my mind wide open in terms of possibility and um just mood just mood 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 um 
I mean, it's just like you just are taken somewhere so else in just this in this kind of like this dream like space that you just are so captured in as a viewer. I just remember that feeling of just like not being able to get out of it from like the beginning of it to the end. Um, uh, and I just love that feeling. With I mean, so, what what movies have you been? have we been watching over here like i mean i love a psychological horror movie like i i mean i'm yeah. obsessed with the babadook i think that woman's performance oh, yeah. is so extraordinary yeah. um so extraordinary loved hereditary loved mm -hmm. midsommar I, I mean i just the, same kind of like feeling i mean when i was growing up i remember seeing um the exorcist for the first time at a birthday party and as a catholic girl mm -hmm. from cleveland that was a pretty uh uh, I was way too young to see that, so it kind of really <laughs> screwed me up. I'm not going to lie to you, Rodrigo. That was a really tense evening as an 11 and a half year old to watch The Exorcist at a sleepover party. We were all, I was a bunch of hysterical girls. Right. <laughs> Oops, did I lose you? No, no. Oh, no, I, there you go. I'm Hi. Yeah, I mean, that's, those, are, those, are some, those are some good ones. Those are some really uh, cinematic touchstones, and especially like Lynch, I feel like that same, like, you know, when you're in high school and you discover Lynch and it's like, it just sort of opens up your mind to a totally different way of narrative and everything that you're like, whoa, you know, it's like really kind of blows your mind, especially at the time. Yeah. Same thing. Like, I mean, there were so many other, like I remember seeing, um, I mean, there were a lot of European movies too. Like I remember seeing the Red, White and Blue series that kind of blew my mind. Um, oh, the there's a movie called Camille Claudel. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting now in retrospect, too, after doing, you know, I'd done a show called I Love Dick, which is kind of about a woman um, obsessed with a successful artist. And it was just very interesting. Like we had talked about that movie, actually, and as like kind of a as a something to think about when we were making that show, uh -huh. um, just like artist as muse. I mean, right. it's like complete, completely different in that one. That woman went completely mad. Um and was completely invisible. Um, her art was completely invisible in the shadow of this Rodin, the sculptor. So that was, a, it was interesting to think, because I, I so romanticized that movie and loved it, loved it, loved it. It was so interesting to think about in the, in the context of what we were making with I Love Dick. Um, uh, you know, My Life as a Dog, like all, you know, all those movies. I also mm -hmm. like was, was obsessed with of course, Spike Lee back then. And you know, mm -hmm. you know, all those movies, just like, I just remember just being just taken um, just could, could just loved happened. I just feel like I kind of, um, you know, I'm in my mid forties and that period of filmmaking was just like, what is happening? Just loved it. Yeah. Same for me. It's sort of like, just sort of breaks your brain in a good way. And sort of this whole door opens up the Spike Lee, the Jarmusch, David Lynch, all that stuff. And yeah. Oh, right. It. Exactly. And then I remember seeing like smoke and, um, yeah. um, yeah. Like the, those, those, those those that ensemble of actors uh and just like those people and those faces and those like uh incredible faces that weren't like they were so gorgeous but not perfect yeah. and such incredible actors and um uh yeah just being so um just moved by those stories and they're hilarious and yeah i mean all the coen brother movies like yeah all those that's good stuff um but you were like um you're a theater kid first, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I, I guess so. Like, I guess that's, that I could only imagine myself in the theater when I started this. Like, that's where I thought, that's where I thought I was going to be going, um, was just into the, was just doing theater. So, um, yeah, I could never imagine myself in any 
put a box anywhere. <laughs> like I always thought that those were the other other performers. Like I just never could imagine myself doing um, TV or film. It was always theater for me. Um, loved loved it more than anything. And then and then you find your way to television, right? And then. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think was what like crossing Jordan was one of the first kind of breakthrough things for you on television. Yeah. I mean, I would say my breakthrough thing on television was a show called Hickory hideout, which I did in Cleveland, Ohio, um, (laughs) in which I, I mean, we're going to get really into it, uh, which I played a character named Jenny and there were two squirrels on it named not so and Shirley. And we lived all in a hideout together called Hickory, the Hickory hideout. So I I think we got to call Netflix and get that one back back up on, on the air right <laughs> or, or maybe maybe the criterion channel might they could you know, sure <laughs> mm-hmm. um and, and you did you did that for a while but then i think you sort of started propping up on everybody's radar in 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 comedy right and like and then you sort of kind of became at least to me and i think some other people like sort of known as like you know uh, a, a, a a comedy actress uh a comedian, like, you know, all these great supporting roles that you had, you had done. And, but you didn't do like groundlings or anything like that, right? You weren't like, that wasn't your, did, did you? No, I didn't. I never like, I, I was never really um, compelled to do sketch or um, Im- improv mm-hmm. or I was never like, saw myself on like the SNL track. Right. Um, although I was, obsessed with those performers um obsessed with them and i respect the hell out of improvisers like when when someone considers themselves an improviser and you see someone that has worked that craft you're like you are i don't understand your mind um blows my blows me away um but no i kind of like found myself in in those films like great gratefully and i was um you know, I kind of after Crossing Jordan had done a bunch, had done a bunch of like best friend parts, I think, in some movies. Like those were my first like movies or kind yeah. of best friend roles um, in some romantic comedies. And then I and then I kind of got into the Adam McKay world, which I couldn't believe my right. I could just couldn't. That was a real fluke. Um, <laughs> to me, I just really did feel like Peter Sellers and being there. I was like, what is happening? Um, uh but so that was just a, really i mean did you not have my like mind a, open in terms of possibility i mean i was always a class clown right okay. I, I mean i definitely was like you know definitely i, I would con- you know i had a very funny family it, it was a really tough table um mm-hmm. dinner table um so yeah i mean and i was i you know i got i did i did funny I did as much comedy as I did other stuff in drama school, I would consider, or like whenever I was doing, whenever I did theater, it was like always a kind of healthy mix of both, but I never like specifically sought out the comedic roles. Um, You know, I did some like cabaret stuff that was pretty, that was always kind of leaned on kind of like a camp. Um, You know, that was always my kind of go-to. I felt very comfortable in that kind of vein. I'm just, um, it's kind of like cabaret shows. Right. I'm just curious how you, how you kind of crack that. Cause those kinds of, those kinds of worlds can be like a little bit, presumably like somewhat cliquish. I guess, in the, yeah. In the, yeah. In, yeah. In the sense that like, Oh, Hey, we all know ourselves from 
this or we came from this right. background. And, you know, like even then, like if you think of like, I think you were on some like children's hospital, for example, and those guys, they sort of have their kind of like little clique too of comedy, you know, like, right. like they're all friends and they all met each other through, you know, this and that, probably some of the um, old uh, show Walter things and they like, you know, there's like history there that, that, that sort of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're all such forward. good people too. And, and right. good people like beget good people. And, um, you know, want to keep working with the same good eggs. And I, I think I, I think for, in terms of the MK stuff, I, I, I would, I would just say it all comes down to Jeannie McCarthy, who is this amazing casting director and, um, uh, Alison Joe, it was, uh, Jeannie McCarthy who kind of put me into Adam's, um, and Will's sphere for Anchorman right. for this small part in there. And, um, so I, I think they, she kind of whispered my name into their ears for that. And then it was Alice and Jones. So I would say these amazing casting directors kind of like just kept pushing me into their faces. And um, I think it was like through that community, I just kept kind mm -hmm. of finding myself and like with David Wayne and with, I, I just kept yeah. like finding those other yeah. kind of like hitching pitch rides on these other kind of awesome comedy communities. And I, I think I found in that um, Adam McKay world that kind of like I didn't, cause I didn't know it was possible, like, you know, in film, I would always kind of just like, didn't know. I would just like stand on the mark, like dutifully do the thing. Like I, I, I didn't feel like the same anarchic pleasure that I felt doing theater in film sure. until I started working with those guys. And then I could start to feel the same sense of autonomy, um, off the, the same sense of kind of like being willing to fling yourself into the abyss um, the not feeling fear that you're going to, you know, get something wrong, that, right. um, that accidents are happy, <laughs> that like, that you're never going to, that if, as long as you're like present, that you're going for what you want, that you're rooted in like all the stuff that I'd been one that I had been doing in theater, that I could just bring all of that to this, right. um, that the same thrill and to know that you've got like, you're awesome scene partner ahead of you who's got you like that's so all that stuff that i i think i learned on those on the those mckay sets i started to like bring into so that was a huge huge um um kind of like film school for me i, I think well you got to really with those guys i imagine like you know they're they're all such these like comedy heavyweights like every one of them like you know like anybody who's on those sets like you really got to kind of swing for the fences and sort of hold your own in that sort of sense of, of improv and just throwing back like madness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think in those things, I, I mean, I definitely know an angry man. I was just so just trying to like tread water. Like, I don't even know how much of a listener I, I, I mean, I, I was in that. I, I think I just was so like trying to just um, survive because they're like you were saying, I mean, they were um, uh, all of them were just like, I was in awe of what I was, was watching. Like I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like I didn't know it was possible. Like I just couldn't believe that that's what was, that that's what was happening. Like it just like, I kept, I keep saying the word anarchic, but it was really like, what? Like, you know, I had done theater. I had done crossing Jordan and I had done some romantic comedies. And then I walk into this space. That's like, it, the, the shit's just exploding. And like, you just, you like, do it as written once and then you just throw it completely away. 
And so it definitely took a second to catch my breath and catch, catch up and, and not look around feeling like you're going to get like that. This is allowed. Um, and then once you were, then once you were like, once I realized like that was, was actually, um, was expected, (laughs) then it was like, became so much fun. Um, it must be such a, a huge sense of freedom because it seems like those guys work in this way. Like you said, and like that sort of chaos that like, um, that, that a lot of film sets don't work on. And it's just kind of like this sort of fun free for all that seems to, to, to allow for a lot of creative freedom. Well, I would say also, I would pose that, um, well, I think what I'm trying to get to is that it's, it's the same feeling that I have been able to take on to all these other roles that I've had, like, that I've had recently where it is, it's the same. um, It's this, it's not tight expectation um, of you don't, you don't go into a scene trying to, trying to achieve a a result on a most, like just trying to like nail or land every single, like you can walk into it just open heartedly listening and, um, so in this case, in those cases, even though the, the, in that case, even though it didn't feel like, I wouldn't describe it as chaos because it was all being built on what was in the script. Right. Um, so it didn't feel like particularly indulgent. Um, Cause that kind of drives me crazy. Like the <laughs> improv just into the abyss, like just like, right. but um, it's because it all happens to be so rooted. Like for me, like I can't improv I just can't unless it. I have something that I'm, unless I know exactly who I am, who I'm playing, like um, unless I know exactly who the person is, the the the, you know, unless I have like a like some some improv, improvisers call it their game. Um, like I would just say right? like, yeah, I just need to know the. I just need to know who I am, rock solid, right. and then I can. And then I can go from there. But, yeah, it's just the framework, I suppose, right? Because you got to yeah. some sort of foundation. Mm-hmm. But I've taken all that into like that, possi- that like allowance and possibility mm-hmm. and um, uh, autonomy. I've like t- I really took all of that into things that were not that were not comedies. Right, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, like well, you know, I think. I, I guess the big turning point is is uh, uh, Afternoon Delight in 2013, right? Because it's your your first lead role, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, for sure. That was a yeah. That was another like that was a huge um, per- personally, creatively, like that was a huge turning point for me and for a lot of people's um, creative lives. Like it was a like a three and a half week shoot, right. and um, it was a real deep dive. And it felt like coming from the same, same place, weirdly, like creatively, where, where it felt like you just, there was this feeling of possibility of like jumping into, jumping off like emotional cliffs because you had the safety net of your scene partner there that was like, you knew half of what you were going to, half of your job was already taken care of if you were listening. And, um, so that felt it felt very similar as an actor walking into to that job for sure, and it was the same sense of play. Like, and I don't mean that in any kind of like indulgent way. 
I just mean it was the same. It was the same sense that I had when I was in school, when I was like working as an, um, that same sense of bringing your all to something. Um, when you like leave at the end of the day, when you drive away from the set and you feel, you don't feel like you've left it, you've left it all on the table. Like you, there's, you didn't, you don't walk it, but you don't walk away at the end of the day feeling like, Oh, I wish I had tried that. Or I wish I had right. done that. Or I did like, you can walk away satisfied that you've, that it's all on the table. And that's the kind of feeling like I love to have as a performer. Like I, I really will try and I'll try it. Like, you know, unless it's like, you know, absurd. I mean, not, no, I'll try it if it's absurd, but like, you know what I mean? I will, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll ask, even if it's like, you know, politely <laughs> shot down. But I mean, I, I like to, um, I don't like to leave it on the table. Well, I mean, I like to leave it on the table. I got that wrong. <laughs> right, oh, right, God. right. You, you, you want to put, you want to put it all out there and, and, and feel like you, 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 yeah, you put it all out there and, and you gave it all. Um, but uh, it's interesting that, cause that film launches so many, so many things, right? Like, sort of like obviously the Jill Soloway connection and she, and she, you've kind of become her muse in a kind of way uh, in, in, in several things. And, and I also love how it's sort of like, in a way, I almost see it's like kind of launched that movie in a way, maybe through her, maybe through you, maybe through the sort of awakening that's happening in, in the culture. It's like this kind of like almost new subgenre of comedy that's like really funny but really empathic and really humanist where like there can be these two mix of like, uh, like it, it can be like really, really funny and really dark and sad and, and, and melancholy. And that mix of stuff is, is, uh, it's really, really wonderful. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how you see it, but I also like that movie wasn't received as well as it could have been at the time. And I almost wonder if it was like people weren't quite ready for that yet. No, it's weird. I got like my, I remember I got my, like, um, probably my worst review of my career for that. <laughs> and then I also got like some great ones. So it was a really mixed bag. Um, but yeah. Whereas I feel like if you re- release that movie now, like people are like, oh, you know, like they, they've got it. Like, I, I think they would do a lot better. Right. I, I mean, who I, knows? I mean, but I do know that the, I, but I do agree with, I do agree with you that there was something um, that Jill um, was experimenting with in that movie that they've taken on to subsequent work of theirs. It's been that does find that sweet spot that just mm-hmm. feels so human that you almost and true that it's almost like you're watching a home movie. Like I, I feel that so much with transparent as well, right, that there's sure. something that's like, just feel so um so recognizable that you're like i i am th- that's my family like i know these i know that person like i know and i i, I, I it's that sweet spot that i is my most is my most favorite kind of part to play mm-hmm. that is like right between um that's like right on that edge of like oh you're gonna burst into tears or you're gonna start la- laughing yeah. Absolutely. That's like my my favorite, and it's a really fine, a really hard line to find. And mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of people that um, do that. Really, I, Tamara Jenkins is another um, filmmaker yes. that I think finds that as well. There's yes. 
And, um, uh, but Jill, certainly, certainly, uh, certainly, and I agree with you, um, uh, found that with that movie. And I'm so proud of that, of that, of that film and everything that it said and just the, the time that we made it and all, all of it. I just rewatched it and, and I felt like, because I remember I was one of the, I, I don't want to like, I, I really loved it at the time. I still love it now. And, and I remember sort of getting a little bit of shit, like people just couldn't. And, and now I feel like it's just a part of this thing that, that Jill's been doing. Other people have been doing that. Like, is this really like exactly how you sort of nailed it like this? It's like someone will say something so awful and you don't know whether you want to burst into tears or just crack up laughing at the audacity of what they've said. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and then it's obviously opened a lot of doors for you with, with all the, all these things that have, that, that have led to that in these leading roles. And, um, you know, I love Dick, for example, which I got to say, like, I, if, if, if there would be like a one person campaign to lead the, you know, to bring that show back, it would, I would, mm. I would be on those front lines because I adored that show. Uh, mm. It was so funny and so raw. And mm. uh, tell me about that a little bit. Cause that, that, I mean, that show is fucking brilliant. And uh, uh. I also obviously like, you know, the way she looks through this, this kind of like this feminist lens of stuff without it, feeling I don't know I I feel like it's really organic mm-hmm. yeah that was um that was that came about like I think it was like third season of transparent and um Jill and I were taking a walk and there was a couple books that Jill was in the process of adapting and um the amazing uh playwright screenwriter um Sarah Gubbins had been working on Chris Krause's at, at, adapting Chris Krause's I Love Dick um, which is an amazing, amazing source material. It's so incredible, the book. And um, had, built, had been like a cult classic for a while. Yeah. And um, uh, and so I, we just kind of took it from, from there. And I was so excited about that part. Uh, yeah. And um, I just... It, it, it's exactly how you said it's happened like incredibly or get, or just like just kind of unfolded. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden we were in Marfa, um, Texas. Right. And <laughs> it was just like, I just was, I was, I was so ex- excited and it didn't have, I, I don't know. It just like the whole thing kind of felt so unabashedly unapologetic yeah. just without shame about desire and yeah. about like worth. And like, there's a, there's a quote in her book that says who gets to speak and why that is the only question. And like, that kind of was like a thesis and um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was just really, really another thing. I'm like cr- crazy, crazy proud of making and all the other incredible performers in that, um, yeah. in that there's piece, of, like there's a lot of good discoveries yeah. in there beyond beyond you know people obviously are great like Kevin and Griffin. Yeah, Roberta, amazing. Yes. India, yes. like oh there's incredible. God. Yeah. Um, incredible were you, faces. Were you were you crushed when that was canceled? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, because there was a lot I more. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I think 
that the that it uh, uh, that as a, a piece as a whole it actually kind of i love at how it works um but there is a lot more story that could have been told and it, you know we none of us could have seen what was around the bend right. um and would have been amazing to have been you know just making that you know there was also something kind of aspirational about making that when we were making that that was like before the election it was like right you know so um it would it, yeah it would have been amazing to have been able to like kind of creatively respond to what was has been happening but i'm i am proud of what it is as a whole yeah it was so good such a great great piece um, a lot of your, a lot of your roles and, and I feel like people, a lot of people are coming to you as their muse for this, you know, like whether it's Jill or, or, or Tamara Jenkins or whoever it may be like, uh, it's funny, like that kind of thing, like this sort of thing of, uh, of it's camera, but everyone else. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Like, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> um, uh, but like this, the the idea of like you know, I guess the commonality, or at least the way I see it, is sort of people like you know, like struggling to assert their identity, and and so much of that has to do through a kind of, um, you know, like that kind of lens of of a lot of your characters are, you know, I think you know, ten, ten, fifteen years ago, we see maybe these these characters don't get their own show, they don't get their own movie, right? They're the sort of supporting character, but it's almost like a lot of these shows are sort of like. They show this family and then all of a sudden they pivot and zoom towards like this, this wife or this mother who might've been unfulfilled for whatever reason and normally doesn't get that sort of spotlight, but then decides to do that. And I, to me, I, I've, it's a huge uh, creative boon. That's just like open this whole new kind of Avenue to um, so many, uh, you know, ideas of that, that aren't as explored. Um, in, in TVs and movies. I don't mm. know. I don't know what you think about that, but. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I, I think that I'm really, um, uh, reaping the, 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 um, benefits of happy, having to walk into this moment at, at this age in my life. Um, and at this place in my life where I happen to have a huge case of the fuckets, pardon my French, where there happens to be also, and it's not lost on me, a lot of women filmmakers that um, happen to um, want to make this, that are have the availability to make this kind of, have the access to make this kind of work. And this is the kind of story they want to tell. Yeah. And um, it, it isn't lost on me that it's mostly women filmmakers that want to make it with me so um uh and there's like you said there happen to be a lot more stories that um are being told about women at this particular age in their life which in a complicated messy yeah sexy mm -hmm. um contradictory dark and funny and um mysterious not likable, <laughs> like whatever, all of it way that, um, I, and I just happen to be like, to happen to just uh, 
arrive at this time in, in my career, in my life, when those opportunities are available. So um, it's kind of, it's, it, it, I feel very grateful for it. I guess one way to put it is maybe to summarize that idea is that like, I feel like the floodgates on female identity have, have opened up in this horrific, wonderful way. I mean, I definitely think the floodgates of of female representation have mm-hmm. have opened up cre- creatively. It seems to be a little bit more and more. And I feel like we definitely have a gazillion more stories to tell. Right. You know, I, I also am, you know, a white lady in my mid-40s, and I'm so excited to see there's so many more, 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 more stories from so many other humans that I hope we get to tell because... There are so many more. I mean, I, I feel like this chapter in my life is fascinating mm-hmm. and so mysterious and so has been historically wrapped in such an invisibility shield and in shame, you know. And so I, I, I'm very excited and um, for those stories to, you know, keep being told. And sure. there are such amazing stories. Like, you know, I just watched This Is America and I was like, that was just fantastic and i was like you know there are a, a a shit ton out there so you know do you feel uh you know obviously you said this period in your life is fascinating do you feel a uh, uh, a sense of confidence because i like to me and maybe that's just like some of the roles but like i the, you radiate this kind of confidence that uh that is infectious and, and probably infectious to filmmakers and casting agents and stuff that like just the, the, you know, even like just this, this confidence that just uh, even, even in the messy and then in, in the insecure and um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love that I radiate confidence because I don't know if I particularly always am. I'm, I'm, I sort. I think it's age, man. I don't know. Fuck it. The kind of like whatever. I'm yeah, gonna... I certainly wasn't like this in my twenties. So it's kind of. I also just feel like it's like a definitely a awesome benefit. <laughs> I was also just thinking. I mean, obviously, like not everything is is. I mean, I, we always use the term for like bravery for nudity or sexuality or whatever. But I mean, beyond that, like I I think there's a sense of that kind of, I, I was thinking, man, you must get to know intimacy coordinators really well. Because <laughs> I always feel like there's some sort of like really raw sex scene in 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 your in your in your series or, or movies or whatever it is. Well, you know, the intimacy coordinator was something that I, I only started working with with Mrs. Fletcher. That was a someone a position that I'd never heard of before, or never had had worked with before. And um, Just that that's I mean that was like last fall. Or came out it was like two years ago. Yeah, it came out last time, but when we shot it, it was, but um, yeah, and I was, uh, uh, her name is Claire Warden, and I um, was so, couldn't believe that that had not been on every job that I had been on. It was, um, uh, she was fantastic. And, but yeah, it's always been like, you know, it's never like the most comfy thing, but it's also like, it's always been really necessary to the stories that I've wanted to tell. and. Um, um yeah it's kind of crazy that you never it's the first time you'd ever worked with them before because now that they have them 
it sort of seems like that's just a new position though like i i don't think they've been around for that long right i think think the deuce was like the first maybe that had them but i don't think it's been a position that's been around that long no no that's what i'm saying i'm kind of yeah when you think about it you're like it's insane that they haven't been there the whole time yeah i know i totally agree but i mean like you know and i guess in my like i i totally agree i mean in my case i've been really like blessed with the people that I've worked with and with the amazing women and like scene partners that I've had, that it's always been like crazy, amazing communication. And, um, it's always been, um, real ad, I'm a real advocate for myself and my scene partners have always been real advocates for themselves. So like, um, that's, it's always been really like the, the safest spaces, but, um, but yeah, I agree. Like when I worked with Claire, I was like, Oh, Oh, this is, of course, like this makes it also like, it's just becomes like just somebody that can like, just also just be, be there to make sure that you're all that, um, it just takes away, uh, that time that's needed for everybody to advocate for themselves. So you make sure that, uh, when you get to the scene, you're just do the scene. It was like, great. It was great. Um, you know, uh, that uh, that show in particularly, Miss, Mrs. Fletcher, as you were talking about, so much about like, you know, desire and like, I think, a, a, again, another sort of theme that maybe sort of works into your work is, is that kind of like the idea of like people like don't want to be defined by that, that one thing of that they might be on the surface, whether it is a mom or a wife or whatever it is. But I would assume like you don't really act through that kind of lens. You don't think about that or or do you? Like, how do you, when when you're taking on a role like that, what is the what is the kind of the take when, when you're going in, do you consider those sort of things or is that too abstract? Yeah, that's a little too, I, I totally hear you that like for, for Eve. Yeah. That feels a little too abstract, but I hear exactly what you're like. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she would be that conscious. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for Eve, it would be, um, yeah, I think that she's just, she just kind of, like, I I went into it that she, as a mom of son's about to go out to college, mm-hmm. go off to college, and she feels very unattached to him, and um, wishes they were closer, and um, feels very lonely, and um, just wants more you know, in her life and doesn't know exactly what that would be, but she knows that she's always had to be within a certain confines of like a good girl. She's always tried to live within a certain parameter of her life and never thought that she could be anything besides that. Like, and you know, it never, like what you were saying, like it would never even occur to her that she's still holding, holding onto the moniker of her Mm -hmm. ex-husband. You know, she's still, she hasn't even shed any of these identities that she's still, that are 10 years old. So um, that don't belong to her that so and that and thus begins like her journey so um yeah um I guess I was also thinking of Jill who obviously you worked with a lot and and who seems to have like a kind of like an overarching kind of ethos but at the same time you would never think about that when you're watching it because again the main takeaway is sort of like funny and sad mixed in but I feel like there's does does she work with that that kind of like a that kind of ethos is it do you feel that do you work how do you work with that like or is it there do you mean like like for like i guess it's it's interesting because i think there is it like of course one is always thinking like politically like but when you're 
actually getting down to the business of the making of something, like you can't think that way. Like, for for example, I love Dick. Like, there was a lot of like things, big things that we were thinking about Mm -hmm. in and that they were thinking about in the hiring of the writers' room, in the in the making in the directors, in the cast, like Mm -hmm. like in what we were trying and what that show was trying to say. But like when I got down to like the thinking of it, like in the lens of of Chris, there was I couldn't I couldn't take that on because then I couldn't do my job. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like I I just had to want to, you know, (laughs) I just had to have I just had to like ferret hole into that guy. Like that's all I could see. So like you can't you can't like for me I couldn't take on the like when you when it's time to like ferret into the job it's hard to take on all that or it just becomes too weighted there's a there's a lot of great filmmakers who worked on that like andrea arnold and i think um Mm. i think jim uh jim frona who was our dp on afternoon delight yeah yeah Yeah, and and, and works on jill with 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 jill on everything yeah um do they work in a way, I mean, it sort of seems to me like that, do they work in a way that kind of allows, that feels that feels different from maybe a different film set where it's like, it feels like, especially Jim with like that kind of minimal lighting, it feels very natural. It feels like a way to, 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 to that maybe has a less of the trappings of a, of a regular film set, maybe. Yeah, it's my, it, yes. And again, it's like my favorite kind of, it just feels like a, and Jill had set this up so beautifully and in Afternoon Delight and unfortunately like set such a bar for me in terms of like where it feels like the most um like sacred and like the most like safe I guess or like where one can like really like explore and happen in 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 transparent as well and she uh and Jimmy and Jill together like created such a um like copacetic way of of working and creating and then Andrea as well, and this is also the way Andrea works as well. Um, that's just like my favorite, which is like kind of it's like the 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 cameras are kind of like there to just to to find you. So you don't, you're not even exactly sure where the camera is at all times. Like so, you don't have to worry about like hitting a mark or finding yeah. a thing. Like the cameras, like the lights are already kind of preset so that you kind of just enter the space and can just be there with your scene partner do the scene and then they'll kind of arrange for you and so it's like really long takes um uh andrea does this thing of like silent takes sometimes um Mm. and um where you can kind of like you know you can get bits of things like eyelashes or breath or whatever hair and um then you can just kind of like reset to the feelings um, um, but that's kind of like a, it's such a glorious way of working. There's no such thing as like real masters or then co- coverage so that you don't have to be like locked in, um, um, you know, continuity isn't really, <laughs> so I'm sure like a lot of filmmakers would be like, oh my God, but like, but you feel that I, 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 as a viewer, I feel that in the, in the, in the filmmaking, like, you know, in the final product, I'm obviously not seeing how it's done, but I just get that sense of this kind of freedom, this vulnerability, this kind of like, you know, you know, just like this, 
emotion and empathy and, and all that messy, dirty, shameful stuff just like pouring out everywhere. Like it, yeah. it, uh, it, it comes across, you know? And Jim, Jim is fin- like Jimmy, the, uh, that amazing director of photography is like a real empath behind the camera. Like you just feel him feeling it with you. And so he, um, um, like you, you feel so you can feel one can feel so vulnerable because he's, he's just allowing it you to, um, uh, he's just so there with you as a, a DP. So, um, he'll 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 find it like he will find like you can trust that he will um catch it whatever it is so nothing will get like lost or have to be like repeated i guess and 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 didn't he go on to work with andrea on uh yeah on on, exactly uh, what am i I, big little lies yeah Yeah. thank you which had a similar kind of mood right like at least the Mm -hmm. that sort of sense of Mm -hmm this ethereal sense of freedom in a way that's, uh, mm-hmm. it's really great. Um, and, and now you're in, I mean, you just did Mrs. Fletcher, or at least that came out in, in the fall. And that was really great. Um, and now you got, uh, HBO's, uh, I know this much is true, mm. uh, which is on now, which I've seen the whole thing, which is, I really love. It's mm. terrific. Um, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, just so for those who maybe not know about it, because it's, it's so good. It's really, really wrenching, but it's really, it's really good. Yeah, it's a, it's also like it's Mark Ruffalo who play. It's based on a book by Wally Lamb, um, uh, adapted by adapted, and it's um, an incredible novel. Of those of you who haven't read it, it's an incredible piece of writing, um, and it is directed and adapted by Derek Cian France, who did Blue Valentine and Place Beyond the Pines, um, and he is. Uh, similar to to Jill, actually, in the way that he works, and he's he is it's incredibly actor forward. The same thing. It, it felt like an incredible, incredibly, uh, f- incredibly free set in those ways. And Mark plays twins. He plays um, uh, he plays, uh, and one of which is schizophrenic, and. Um, it is like you said, it's a wrenching, wrenching story about family and forgiveness and legacy and um uh hope, hopefully at the end. And he is so extraordinary in this, um, in my very humble opinion. And um the it's an incredible, incredible cast. And yeah, Derek Derek C and France. So we shot it on film, which was like which was added to like an incredible because none of this I hadn't worked on film in forever and a day. Mm. So to have that extra kind of like, um, that extra kind of like holy tension of hearing the cans being, being <laughs> right. like that also just added to like this. <gasps> and, um, yeah, working the, with the both of them was just like a bucket list scenario for me, for sure. And Derek is such an extra, is such an empath and, um, yes. um, one of my favorites on the planet and as is Mark. Uh, I, 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 I really love the show. Um, that must've been interesting working with, with two different marks. <laughs> yeah. I only worked with the one Mark. I play his ex-wife, um, Dessa. And they yeah, were like, isn't there, do you have not any scenes with, um, uh, with, with Thomas? No, Thomas? I didn't have any scenes with his, with his brother, but I did, um, 
they sent they sent me a picture after he had had his transformation, and I was um, just blown away. Yeah, he's one. Of, he's one of the greats of all time. I think I really do. I, I just can't believe what goes on behind those eyeballs when you're looking into him as an acting partner. And he and um, just to see him and Derek work together was um, was magic. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I really, I really dug that show. I, I thought it was that sort of kind of piercing emotional honesty that he does. You know, it's sort of his bread and butter, and this is just some more of that good stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like fierce intimacy. Like you can't he and I felt that even watching Blue Valentine, I remember feeling like mm-hmm. so overwhelmed by how intimate it was. And um, um, yeah, he just he's he's another one like that just is like performance first like he just he just loves actors Derek and um he makes the process so um pr- profound and juicy and um uh he's also just a good person so um it must be I mean you've got you've had so, so many of these great experiences especially in the last like your run from 2013 now it would be weird if you got cast in some sort of like I don't know Michael Bay thing or something <laughs> like and how different that would be um experientially <laughs> yeah listen I'm open to experiences I'm not gonna lie to you who knows but it has been such a, a juicy chapter my lord um and then you did uh uh Central Park this uh this uh animated show right yes talk about talk, listen talk about different swing yeah that's been <laughs> I mean that's so fun Right. And, and was that done? I'm assuming that was done all before like any pandemic and all that stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. And but that's just, we got like, to, I mean, that's animated so I could do it anywhere. And it's like, I mean, I can't believe how crazy those voices are. I get to work with like, that's mm-hmm. also bananas. I, I'd never done like, you know, I mean, I played Annie in high school. I played the tin man. I did a little singing on transparent, but I, this was like, I couldn't believe I got to do a musical with these um, incredible incredible voices that was pretty amazing yeah and then you've done a little bit of before right i noticed you did some bob's burgers and american dad yeah so i'd worked with yes yeah for context like yeah central park is created by josh gad and um right um lauren Burchard. right they do bob's burgers Burgers, right yeah i as soon as i thought i was like oh this is like just the look is (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it's the same uh speaking of 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 uh musicals and stuff you're your musical sequence in Transparent. My God, that's so like, tell me about that. That was so, that was so great. That was very fun. Like, like, I mean, talk about being like overly, overly confident. I I, I was like, I'll do, I can do, I can sing it. I can do anything you want. I can dance it, whatever. I mean, and then I got there. I was like, Ooh, this is hard, but it was so fun. I mean, we really did feel like we were putting on like a high school. Like it felt so joyful and so, mm-hmm. um, so fun. That that was it was that was a blast. Yeah, so I really, fun. I really enjoyed that. It was really it was really good. Um, so so what's uh, I was, was going to say like what's coming up for you soon, but like maybe there's not a lot because there's not a lot going on. Or are you going back to work anytime soon? Yeah. I mean, there is not a lot. I mean, I've got a little bit left on WandaVision, um, but who knows? Who knows? And then, um, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Being 
being a mom and um, taking right. deep breaths. And what what's that like being thrown into the Marvel machine? That's that's interesting. I I'd, I'd completely forgotten about that. Yeah, I mean, it is another like surreal, um, awesome swing into n- another uh, um, another genre, and that's. Mm-hmm. But it's been um, but so fun, so fun. I wish I could tell you a thing about it, but I can't. Or I would just disappear from this Zoom box. You would be, a laser would would come on your your head right now. And then you... I would just be gone. (laughs) You'd be snapped away. Uh, (laughs) Do you get to do something like fun, wacky? Like it looks like a, it it looks like a crazy, or it sounds like a crazy show, right? Like... It's going to be, it's going to be fabulous. Yeah. Awesome. I can't say anything else. (laughs) You'll be, you'll be snapped out of existence. Um, all right. Well, tell me, is that it? Like, I mean, you wrote a children's book, right? Children's book. Yeah. Yeah. It's called my, my wish for you. I did it a while ago with my daughter, but it was, um, uh, or, you know, she kind of co helped me co-author it, but it was a while ago, but it was, um, uh, based on a, uh, Lenny letter I wrote from the, the now sadly defunct Lenny letter, but it was, um, um, yeah, really a sweet, a sweet book about what I wish um, I kind of I had been told as a young girl and um, kind of based on the musings that she would say to me while we were lying in bed. It's really sweet. Well, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, so sweet. <laughs> um, this was the best. Was it? I'm glad you think so. I was really looking forward to this. I'm I'm always teetering on the you know, uh, the brink of, of, of collapse with all this, uh, 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 of insanity. Um, um, but you know, this, this really, uh, brightened my This spirit. was awesome. And we kind of like looked at each other the whole time. Not so bad. I, I hope, I do hope you that do wasn't... this mostly without looking at anybody. Uh, I generally don't turn it on cause I don't want to subject anyone to, to, you know, this, like, you know, I, again. It. <laughs> oh my God. Um, this is so much fun. Well, thank you. Anyway, I, I, and I, I love playlists too. Awesome. You guys, are, well, you guys are legit and awesome. We love you. Thank um, you. Best of, of luck in the future and everything. And, and please continue this amazing, incredible run of work oh. that you're doing that like, I mean, we didn't even talk about private life or whatever, which I'm uh, that movie I adore. And all oh, these like, thank you. Yeah. I love that movie so much. Makes me cry thinking about that experience and that woman. I love Tamara so much. Yeah, she's like, she's yeah. one, really one of the greats. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. full of integrity as an artist. And yeah, yeah she's terrific. incredible. Um, um, okay, and, I could talk to you all day. Yeah, for sure. Well, take care. Thank you so much. And Thank yeah. you. Well, be well. All right. Yes, please stay safe and healthy. This is what a world too. we're in. All right, that's deep focus number three, uh, Catherine Hahn in the bag. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, I hope you share and, and uh, tell other people, and, and hopefully you enjoyed it. And just a final reminder that uh, 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 Deep Focus is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes The Fourth Wall, The Discourse, and Be Real. Uh, we can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, so just last little shout out, follow us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And, and you know, please be sure to s- subscribe drop us a comment give us a rating um we really appreciate it all right until next time i hope you're well bye